0: Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the Modern cowboy. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, excited to have my guest on tonight, Chris Douglas. Chris is a professional photographer. I don't know Chris personally, but I, I know him through social media and through just a lot of his work he's done for different brands uh, in the cowboy, Western, and rodeo lifestyle and culture. So, anyway, uh, just like I said, don't know Chris, but we're going to get to know him tonight. So, uh, Chris, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Hey, now, where where are, you, where are you calling from? Where where do you live at right now?
1: We live in a uh, little town just south of Livingston, Montana, called Prey. So we're about forty miles outside of the north entrance of uh, Yellowstone National Park, and seventeen miles south of Livingston, Montana, which is near near Bozeman, southwest Montana.
0: Cool. Now, did you did you grow up in that area, or?
1: No, I moved out to Montana in in about 96, and uh, I grew up in uh, Tennessee, in East Tennessee, uh, just uh, outside of Knoxville in a town called Clinton, uh, there in Anderson County. And uh, yeah, I ended up uh, making the way out here. I was a big, uh, I grew up hunting and fishing and doing all that good stuff. And um, from an outdoor perspective, Montana is kind of a, a mecca for that. So, um, we, uh, my family and I came out here as far as for my mom and my dad and my grandmother, we all came out here for some powwows and stuff like that. And to, to see the, the country and all that good stuff back as probably about 94. And then that's when I just, I got to, I got to get there somehow or another. So, so that, that was the first place that I actually uh, bought a house and all that good stuff and, and, uh, kind of been in and out of here ever since
0: very cool. Now you say you guys came out there and went to some of the big powwows and things. Uh mm-hmm. d- d- just describe for the listeners exactly what that is. I mean, I have an idea what it is, but uh kind of tell us about that a little bit if you would.
1: Well, well in in Montana here there are you know like some other states, Wyoming, North Dakota, Arizona obviously. Um there are uh there through the reservations. Mm-hmm. So up in this area there's the uh, there's Crow reservation over by Crow Agency and uh, then lame deer. And then we, um, my family's lineage traces back to Native American roots. And so uh, through that, I've always had an affinity for it. And and my grandmother had never been to like a Plains Indian powwow before, and and neither had I. So uh, in making the trip out, we went to lame deer, Montana uh, for the 4th of July powwow. And then um, I ended up coming back a year or two later to go to, to Crow Fair, which is there in Crow Agency. And basically the powwows are, are just a good gathering time for, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the people on the reservation, the families to get together. They do a lot of giveaways like through blankets and, and different things. And then, um, the powwow basically consists of a dance and, um, they, you know, it's for competition and stuff as well. I think, uh, Crow Fair actually is in its hundred and, Second, this may be the hundred third year coming up in 2020, and that one happens in August. But um, they also include rodeo and mm-hmm. horse racing and all kinds of good stuff. So it's a it's a it's about a week long celebration for most of the most of the reservations around here. So
0: yeah, it's very cool. So now, when you yeah. uh, when you were in Tennessee, were were you in for, into photography then, or how did you get your start?
1: Uh, I started uh, taking pictures when I was about ten. And um and there's a lot of like family hunting trips and stuff like that. I like I say I grew up in a hunting family. Like my dad w- would go with me. He wasn't a big hunter. He liked cars and motorcycles and stuff like that. But my my mom's side of the family, her uh her sister had four boys and all of them were on the AAU junior national skeet and trap shooting teams and all that good stuff. And so their dad was a huge duck hunter over in Middle Tennessee. Um, actually where my dad's family is from like right on the Tennessee, Kentucky border, uh, up by Dale Hollow Lake. So we used to go out there every year, like every Christmas we'd spend out there and, and duck hunt. And, and that was my mainstay of, of stuff that kept me busy there, you know, all the way from, uh, before high school through high school and into college. So, um, that's where I really started taking, taking pictures and getting an interest in taking pictures. And back then, you know, nothing was digital, Um, so I I really got, took an interest in it more from a, you know, perspective of like getting in a dark room and actually printing my own prints and all that kind of good stuff. So I kind of got the bug then. So I got it early.
0: Right. Well, I'll tell you, I I may have mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm not a photographer by any means, although I love to take pictures. And of course, in this day and age, Mm -hmm. every one of us is walking around with a, a camera in our pockets. So, uh, you know, it's, uh. And everybody, you know, everybody just loves pictures and we love to look at pictures of ourselves and other people and so on and so forth. But when I was 10, I actually took pictures of, I would take pictures in my room. Like I would clean my room and then take a picture of it. And I, I literally have uh-huh. a picture of my dresser and I lined up my shotgun shells on it. And then I had an old uh-huh. uh, powder horn that was hanging there and a one of those old uh, enamel dippers for dipping water out of thing. So that's, that was the extent of my my professional uh photography career uh when I was ten, but anyway but i I love pictures and, and it's one of the reasons I, I reached out I, I saw your your stuff on on instagram, and uh, mm-hmm. even with all the things that people can do nowadays with pictures and photos and stuff you've just you've got a just an amazing style and uh, just the way images are captured is, is this Is this something you've just uh, obviously developed over time, or tell us a little bit about that how how that's developed
1: well so after the fact after you know growing up in Tennessee and stuff like that and then going to, into college and I went to the University of Tennessee for a year um I was hoping to play college football that was one of my dreams that just didn't come to fruition for whatever reason I was uh kind uh, the, the recruiting director at SMU in Dallas at the time uh was from Knoxville and I went to a small high school there in Tennessee and um actually got to go visit SMU and go to the Texas NM game and all that kind of good stuff. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, this is perfect. I'm going to go there and I'm going to play football and however hell or high water I was going to do it and ended up, um, that was the year they got the death penalty. So, <laughs> so <laughs> there went my dad's dreams of going to SMU. So I ended up going to university of Tennessee and uh, was uh, hoping to walk on and I wasn't there long enough to even was maybe there for like, uh, a couple of semesters and a uh, scout, a print scout from uh, Miami had come through the University of Tennessee and was looking for, uh, you know, models at the mm-hmm. time for uh, Bruce Weber, who sh- used to shoot all the, and I, I think he still does some of it, like Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein and Versace
2: right.
1: stuff. And so when they approached me and a buddy of mine and they're like, hey, do you want to do this work? and we both looked at each other and were like, no, I no way. <laughs> and then, and then they told us how much they paid. And I was like, well, wait a minute now, let's, <laughs> let's, let's figure out. So needless to say, my first job was, uh, working with Bruce for, um, Versace. So, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I didn't know what it was, but it was kind of cool. Cause it was a fact like Bruce was always hiring a- athletes and, and, you know, people like that, that would, that. They weren't really models, so right. it made it easier because we were. It's just like a bunch of buddies hanging out. Of course, when I'm in college and I'm, you know, nineteen, twenty years old, and thinking, hey, yeah, I'm getting paid X amount of dollars a day, and I'm getting to travel the world and see all these different things. Um, it 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 was neat and got to meet a lot of people that I'm actually still friends with today, from that time. But like you know, some of the other people were there, like uh, Rick, was a middle linebacker at uh, University of Miami, and there was another kid that was a uh, strong safety from oregon so and then there was an olympic wrestler and then all these water polo players so it was we all kind of fit a narrative i guess for what he you know an archetype for what he shoots and right. and uh through that that kind of you know with my interest in photography already that kind of made it a little bit more uh imprinted on my mind of what I wanted to do of course I never told anybody like yeah I, I take pictures too because when you're working with some of the best photographers in the world <laughs> right <laughs> I had great opportunity to work with like Stephen Mizell and Arthur Elgort and Norman Seif and you know Lance Stadler and people like that I mean it makes a huge impact on me so I was just trying to soak it all in as much as I could and and learn the ins and outs of the the fashion industry more than the modeling like the modeling was right. like yeah whatever you know it wasn't a big deal to me but it was it was neat in the sense that i was getting to see the inner workings of places you know like versace and in in milan you right know, and right being in new york and being around all these different companies and and uh and and creatives so i mean that was that was one thing that just that that left a bigger impression on me and I i think in some Former fashion maybe helped me develop an eye for for things or a different perspective on things. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking I'm some great, you know. I don't compare myself to those guys by any means, but I mean, it it did affect me in the sense of like in looking at it over that period of time that I was doing that. It it uh, it did make an impact.
0: So. Yeah. Well, that is super. Uh, interesting and super cool that you actually had the opportunity to do that. And now, how long? How long did you uh, did you do that for? Were you, uh, um, you know, doing some of the modeling? I, or- I, I did
1: that. I did that for about four I, for about four years. I lived between New York and Paris and Milan, and um, and kind of got into that. And then, you know, and, and I was making mental notes. Like I said, we didn't have cell phones back then. Right. I mean, this was back in the late '80s and early '90s, so I mean, it was one of those that. I was constantly making mental notes like, you know, here, this photographer really likes like a a soft box over and that's the lighting. And then they would have all these like um, walls that were, you know, that were on wheels that could turn around and they had different wallpaper on them and like how they would use the the backdrops or how they would use fill light or, you know, stuff like that. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly, like I said, I was a sponge and so I was just trying to take all that and as much of that in as I possibly could and then I think um, getting disgruntled with city living kind of drove me to, uh, I mean, you know, growing up in Ten- East Tennessee, right near the Smoky Mountains and all that
2: stuff, right. you
1: know, it was it was one of those things that, that's who shaped me to who I was prior.
2: Right. So, and,
1: I, and I, you know, I'm thankful for the family that I had because, you know, they all were always there to keep me in check or like I say, my four cousins that I grew up with and stuff like that. I always got my share getting hazed and (laughs) (laughs) by them, like in a brotherly love type way. So, um, so, so I think that's, you know, in in the propulsion of me going out of that, you know, fast paced world of being on a plane every two days and that kind of stuff. And then I I really had that for my soul and for my well being and mental aspects of who I was, I had to get out. So that's, that's why I ended up in Montana, you know, as much as it was to hunt and, and fish and do the things that I really found my solace in,
2: right. I think
1: Montana really provided that, that break for me. So when I, so when I moved out here, that's, you know, with the hunting and everything else, and then I started working on different ranches and, and, and really getting a taste like, it, it seems like whatever I do, I try to do, um you know, immerse myself in it enough right. to where I've got a good wherewithal to be able to, to, to maneuver around that world for that amount of time that I'm in it, but right. it, it always sticks with me. So it's something that I carry with me. So, um, so needless to say, you know, that's how I think being out here in, in Montana, it, it, it uh, uh, there again, like everything else that I've talked about, it really put its stamp on me, but, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a, it's a great place. It's beautiful.
0: Well, you know it, what's so awesome too, though, is that you're able to experience that—the traveling and city life and so on and so forth—and and, and uh, you know, I I, had, I actually had the opportunity. I worked for a little while. Uh, I actually practiced as a chiropractor in the financial district in San Francisco, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's not a place I would have ever thought I would have been even worked in, but I did it just for a little while, and and it was it was a super cool experience. Now nothing against san francisco but i mean would i want to live in the city and keep working there no but at least i got that experience under my belt you know just like you sure I mean, sure you i know. mean
1: i mean cities are great as far as for i mean i can appreciate everything it has to offer mm-hmm. i just don't necessarily want to live there all the time i mean I, I, <laughs> exactly I, I mean we go back and forth to, to new york quite a bit and you know I, we just we were in Seattle, my family and I were in Seattle for the past two years. I was working for a company there in Seattle as a creative director. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it, it was great. I mean, it was, a, it, it was eye opening for our kids, you know, growing mm-hmm. up here in Montana and stuff like that. And then going to some place like Seattle, but, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, it's just it, for, for small increments at a time, I can deal with it, but I just, I, I just couldn't do it full time. And like I say, I, I can appreciate everything that the city has to offer. I just uh, am a little bit more, uh, built for, for outdoor life, I think. So,
0: yeah, the epitome of a modern cowboy.
1: Well, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the, I guess that's one of the things that drew me, you know, there again to Montana. It wasn't, like I say, it wasn't only the hunting and everything else. I mean, it, going from the ranch work and then into starting to radio myself and, and do things like that. Cause that's what the other guys on the ranches that I were working with, you know, that's what they were doing. So I, you know, try to pick up saddle bronc riding and bareback riding and that kind of stuff. And so it, it was fun. I mean, and I think that challenge, you know, the challenge of something like that, right. you know, especially me being uh, in my mid to late twenties and doing that, it, it was, it wasn't anything that I grew up doing from the time, like that I was tiny, like a lot of my buddies did. So, right. um, but, you know, it's not like I didn't give it my all. I had fun doing it and and wasn't wasn't great by any means, but I, I stayed on my, you know, fair share of a few and, and then got dumped by my fair share of a few. So I guess I can say I was consistent. <laughs> so yeah.
0: very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, um so so now you, you were an athlete too then, on top of it. You played you played football. So I mean, you're just a uh, an all around kind of renaissance man, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I I tell people stories, or like they they'll ask me like, what what'd you do here? What'd you do there? What were you doing here? What were you doing there? And they just can't. It, it sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense to people. Like, I mean, I, they're like, I can't figure you out. Like, because <laughs> a lot of the ranches that I was working on and stuff like that here, like I was three to six months into working with some of these guys, and and they not even know that I had you know, lived abroad or, right. or done the modeling thing, you know, for, you know, they're like, what's Versace or, you right. know, that kind of stuff. But I mean, but I on the end, there's, you know, there's some pieces that I've kind of uh, skipped over as far as for in, ti- in the timing of it. But like before I moved out here to Montana in 96, um, I was on a TV show for um, ABC. They had contracted me. Uh, to do a show and so i was on that show i was on a soap opera for two and a half years and like say i'm by no means am i an actor i don't even claim (laughs) to be an actor but uh, i don't don't think it you know at the level that i was it wasn't about acting for me um it was about making that money so i could get that house here in montana and and finally move away and as soon as i did that's what i did as a split but um yeah i mean it's just like it's a whole different i don't even think about it in that context anymore because it doesn't it seems like a lifetime ago but it was you know i was a on a soap opera for two years and then came here and started rodeoing and, and working ranches and hunting full time. And then, um, ended up going back into it, uh, just by chance, like, you know, they were again, to get a call and they're like, Hey, can you come do this show for whatever? So, uh, progressed through two, you know, ended up working for CBS, ABC, NBC and contract roles. And then, um, had some buddies that produced um duck dynasty and they had been asking me to host a show for them and i was like no i just i just don't like it i just i can't do it and so they over a course of a few months they kept calling uh it's gurney productions and scott gurney was a buddy of mine from california and uh he's actually from louisiana and he was like come on just do this show for us and Finally, my my wife and I were out on a horseback ride, and it was, like, on a Friday afternoon, and I was like, fine, whatever. What do I got to do? He says, I gotta get, you're going to get on a plane on Monday, and you're going to Africa, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so up, it, it was weird. It was like that Friday, and then that next Monday, literally, we're on a plane. We went to, uh, first, we went to Alaska um, to do grizzly bears, and then we from Alaska, we went to um, Africa um, and did lions, Man. and then from there we went to Florida and did gators and crocs. And, um, so basically what they would do is they'd put me in this glass box. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we would run tests on the animals, like, "Oh, well, they eat this or can the lions jump. And, you know, it was like me and somebody else, you know, like in the box, like pulling a, uh, animal out, up in the tree to see if they would jump and surprisingly yes lions can jump over 11 feet <laughs> 11 feet high but so it was it was you know there again there was just another little piece of the pie that people are like wait a minute what, <laughs> what yeah. how'd you get here would you do that so um and subsequently after that we were supposed to do three more episodes we were supposed to do like polar bears and something else something else and, and i'm at home and we've been uh out roping and and it would have been one of those days here in Montana where it got really hot, and then got it started raining, and got cold, and the barometric pressure dropped, and then it got really hot again. And we had just got a horse. We probably had this horse about a month, month and a half, as a, a stud horse we'd got. Um, and we pulled in the driveway, and I was like, "crap," because I could just see like he had mud in his nose, and in his eyes, and all his mouth, and he'd just been thrashing around. And, had my two buddies with me and my wife and their wives and we got out and I ran him in the round pen and you know he was trying to lay down he was colicking obviously right. and um he was facing me and I mean I'm sitting there and I was just trying to keep him up on his feet just from laying down and he uh subsequently uh I turned around and told my buddies "Little boy I said can you hey can you go grab my phone out of the truck so I can call the vet and I'd sent my wife to get of me and at the neighbors. Cause I knew she'd be right in the middle of it, so I didn't right. want to get her hurt. And all of a sudden that horse turned around and jumped up off the ground like an NFR bucking horse and turned tail to me and he he kicked me and oh. he got me in the jaw and in the back of the head and they said it lifted me off the ground about two and a half feet. And oh. and that was on eight eight oh eight, at just before eight o'clock at night. Oh, so yeah. um and um so I got to take a helicopter ride to Billings and they had to put me all back together, but luckily it didn't knock me out. But, um, yeah, I got, I got, uh, I think seven new teeth and oh. and got all wired shut. And so, um, I actually had a, a couple of buddies of them, uh, that were staying over at my buddy Ross Coleman's house with uh, his mom and they were wired. I think Corey Melton was one of them. And he was wired <laughs> shut. So we were, we were trading, uh, <laughs> trading recipes back and forth on what tastes best in the blender. So luckily my wife was here to take care of me. Cause I don't think I would have made it. I would have just laid on the couch and, <laughs> so, and not made her, but she she fed me good. So,
0: so, so number one, that, that's an amazing string of stories, but we got to back up a little bit here. And and yeah. anybody that's been listening to my podcast for a while, they know that like I get starstruck with, uh, you know, actors and stuff. I don't know what it is. I've just always have, <laughs> I mean, uh but anyway, so let's go back to the soap opera. What was the name of the soap opera? Would we know it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was on One Life to Live. Oh I was God, on that for two know. years. That that was the first one. Okay. And then um once I moved to Montana and then um I got a call from uh the Young and the Restless. Oh. So I was on Young and the Restless for all of about six months. I had a three year contract, but the the powers that be with the producers and the writers and all that stuff like I think I was the first person that they'd ever hired in 20 something years that didn't go through the both approvals Right. and um, they got in kind of a a little bit of an argument in regard to that and because the character was weird it was like they they had a nose ring and all this (laughs) stuff and I was like I'm not bleaching my hair they want me to bleach my hair and I'm like nope not going to do it. And then the nose ring I could deal with because it was a fake one. And I was like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but, you know, me showing up in Wranglers and, <laughs> and uh snap shirt didn't bode too well for me when I met the rider. And she was just like, uh, yeah, this is not the character. And I said, well, actually I'm not the character right now. I'm Chris. And, yeah. and I was trying to <laughs> put it off. And, uh, so that one didn't last, but the day I got, um, let go from, from Young and the Restless I got hired by a, another show called Passions which was huh, yeah. on NBC so it was odd but um anyway I was on that <laughs> one for two and a half two two and a half years and uh and then that's that's when I moved back home and and uh you know got into uh doing the, the stuff for Discovery Channel and then got kicked and then subsequently through that that's so obviously I couldn't I walked around for about a year and a half, two years without any teeth on the top or the bottom because I was having to replace all that bone
0: oh, that I had no lost.
1: Kidding. I, yeah, So it was a, I always used to joke because every time I'd walk in a store, I'd always get followed because I guess they thought that I was an, on math. Or <laughs> <a tweaker. laughs> and, you know, usually even if I, even if I had a cowboy hat on or something, people were like, <laughs> uh, you know, they did. Most people around here knew like, oh, he must rodeo or something like right, that. And I right. had two, two good scars on my chin. But, um, but other than that, we, uh, that's when my wife and I started um, producing uh, team ropings and stuff okay. like that. So we, we did that for about seven years and uh, did that in, in seven different states and went all over the place. And, and uh, we really enjoyed that. And so that was that was fun. And uh, you know, and, it, and team roping always provided something you know, my wife grew up riding hunters and jumpers and she's from Montana and mm-hmm. uh born and raised and um and uh I always joke with her that she kinda had to learn un learn to unride to to rope because she was right. so astute and proper with her English riding that um right. that uh so so turn of events happened so through that seven years of putting on events and stuff like that, we you know, we were doing all the marketing and the photography and all that kind of stuff and uh, had other companies start reaching out to us in the Western industry to be like, can you help us with this or can you help us with that? And so we worked with Tyler Magnus for a little while with him and helping mm-hmm. him do some new stuff for a show and um, just met, you know, had great sponsors and worked with those sponsors and producing content for them, whether it was through Helomatic or or uh you know other roping companies out there and then uh uh, that's kind of how this all led into a you know we started a marketing company after the fact you know toward the toward the tail end of when we were putting on the the team ropings and rodeos and stuff and then kind of turned that into another business and then subsequently that's how it's kind of squeezed me out into just taking the directional line as a a full-time photographer and then you know being able to develop campaigns for Stetson and Mossy Oak, and you know, taking pictures of Ducks Unlimited and and uh Filson, and you know, some other companies. And that's that's how I ended up as the creative director at you know the company I mentioned in Seattle called uh CC Phil.
2: And uh, gotcha. You go.
1: What,
2: yeah,
0: what a story though. I mean, I, I had no, like I said, I just I've known you from your photography on social media and then to. to- mm-hmm. To hear hear the the story that I've heard so far now now I've got to get an autographed you know eight by ten ah. of you, you know hang air in my in my studio and you mentioned somebody else too who who and I did have him on the podcast uh, apparently mm-hmm. obviously you're friends with with Ross Coleman and and Ross is just he's been one of my all time favorite you know uh, cowboys ever since the PBR and, and I got yep. I got to meet him down in Decatur and just such a great guy and uh, um. I, I, a great subject, I think, too, for, for photography, because, uh, you've got several pictures of them on, on, on your social media and you just, uh, just epitomize. Yeah, them, I've like, known,
1: you know. I've known, I've known Ross since, well, since 99, since his first trip to the, to the PBR. That's when I met Ross through, um, some other friends and, and it just, you know, you kind of run in those, you, you run on the same frequency with some people. Right. And I think Ross kind of, Kind of like I say he's all around athlete as himself, yeah. and and he just kind of has that go get him mentality, and I and I think that you know there there are certain people that kind of across the board resonate with each other, and and that whole group of guys, I mean, they're all just cowboys to the core, and yeah. and, and it, it's always nice to be around that, you know, and that that's where where I feel like really you know thankful. Of the life that I have lived and all the different paths that have taken me to different places that I've been, because I've always been able to work with uh, people at the top of the game, like, you know, yeah. from starting off working with Bruce Weber and, you know, some of the most talented photographers like Stephen Mazel and stuff like that in the industry, and then being able to, you know, transfer that over to, you know, the outdoor industry and, and cowboying and stuff and all that, the Western industry, and, and working with people like you know, Ross and, mm-hmm. and Justin McBride and all these guys, I mean, they're just like I say cowboys to the core. So, and Ross's family is amazing. Like the, his, his mom and his dad, Steve and his sisters and everybody, his brother, Mitch, they're, they're just, they're all salt of the earth. Yeah. So, uh, so it's so it's been, and you know, an adventure with them since the, since 99. And I try to incorporate Ross into a lot of the stuff obviously that I do, whether it's with Stilson or, Right. You know, if I've got stuff for Boot Barn or anybody else like that, it, it really makes a, cause, cause I think you know, especially in taking pictures and stuff like that, I mean, authenticity is one thing that money can't buy. Right. So when you, if when you're creating real, real cowboys and real scenarios and that kind of thing, and, right. and It just it it makes a huge difference. So. yeah
0: Yeah, absolutely. Today's episode is sponsored by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition. The brand built on grit, determination, and perseverance. Modern Cowboy products are designed to increase stamina and strength, build lean muscle mass, and promote healing and pain relief. For more information and to order products, visit our website, moderncowboy.global, and use our podcast listener special code, ModernCowboy15, at checkout for 15% off all of our products and apparel. You know, there's something, there's one photo that you've got on here of one of the female subjects i don't know that just the photo i mean it looks it kind of just gives me reminds me a little bit of even like a you say a calvin klein shoot or something um mm. you know just kind of that kind of i don't know look and i don't I, I don't know i i don't have the words to describe it i guess but just a super you know professional looking um, and then i think the same girl you do another one where it's it's like a black and white um uh they're just super cool now and is that just something that you know you've developed and and when you're shooting them, are you shooting those in black and white or is that something
1: different than black yeah. and white so if you're talking about the more recent stuff so there was a uh, a campaign that i did you know for filson that was for fall 2019 and i incorporated uh okay. ross into and uh a lot of guys actually that you probably have heard of but um yeah. as yeah, far as one, rodeo cowboys
0: that one of ross he's standing by the like the log cabin with the big buffalo head up above them. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, I think you know, and we use Forey Smith, who's who's a buddy of mine, who's on right. Yellowstone, the TV show, and yeah. and um, yeah. he's from Montana and used to rodeo really at MSU, and then Josh Reynolds, who's a he's a, a PRCA bronc rider, and he went to NFR one year. I think he still got the still marked at the second high score in Saddle Bronc and PRCA. Gotcha. Um So he's he's just an all around good cowboy good montana cowboy um and 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 with those images so in the development of those images in my head as i was doing that because like say at the time i was working as the creative director at philson and so i kind of got to develop that whole thing and put the whole shoot together and 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 everything and that was like you know cow camp type deal here down at the o'hare ranch which is near us right and um the thoughts behind that were like You know, from a branding perspective Mm -hmm. for companies and stuff, it was almost like what's old is new again. Right. And I feel like history is very important. And I mean, and and to continue to reinvent that for for new eyes or the new generation out there. I mean, there are things that that I think from a Western perspective or a a perspective of a cowboy or the cowboy or something like that, you know they always echo, you know, independence and freedom and values and hard work and determination right. and, you know, stewards of the land, Yep. everything that that entails. I mean, and that's, that's something that I think from a brand perspective, you know, from that marketing perspective, as I was in the development of that in my head, that was one of the things that, that I felt transcends oceans. I mean, you, you think about, you look at you know, the Japanese or the Germans or, you know, there's, I'm sure you I've heard you say even on some of your other podcasts, you know, you've got people from all over the world that listen to these podcasts. And and I think the cowboy really resonate or those things that I just mentioned about the cowboy really resonate across the board, male, female, European, American, whatever. So, I mean, I, I, in the promotion of, the West or Western lifestyle. I mean, you know, the things like that from a branding perspective are great anchors because it's a good American story. It's relatable. I mean, and, and in that context, everything born out of that has a function and purpose, whether it's your clothes, your, your tack, your horse, your everything. So, um, it was, it was one of those things that I kind of wanted to bring in a sense of, you know, an evocative and mythical land that that right. does exist. I mean, a lot of people say cowboy's dead. No, no, he's not. He's out yeah, there.
2: Exactly. I mean,
1: you look at people like Ross Coleman and or or any of these guys that are just they, that's what they were born to do. Right. And that's what they do, and it, they're still there. I mean, Ross is still you know after retiring out of bull riding, he's still breaking colts and, oh, yeah. and starting horses, and I mean Justin McBride, same thing. Yeah. world champion cowboy I mean, he's that's what he's doing now he's yeah. he's got his horse business brendan clark's another one i mean they, you know they that's that's who they are that's not that's not the clothes they wear it's not right. you know they're not defined by any of those things so it's kind of nice and then from an outside looking in perspective you know for people that haven't you know lived that life or or done those things or ever been able to do those things i mean it it takes you out of your world for a minute. I mean, it's, that's aspirational. It's inspirational, but like I say, everybody gravitates towards it for whatever reason. I just think it's something that's in us as, you know, humans because you're, you're, you're bringing something to those people that they want, like they can see themselves in that scenario in some form or fashion. Exactly, it's, It's iconic
0: yeah absolutely yeah. and and you're so right because i think that's what we do and and it, just looking at your photos I, I think that i'm looking at one right now a guy that uh, i don't know if this was for philson or not but he's got a red plaid on you know black felt and mm-hmm. enamel coffee pot you know and you just you look at that and you you can just envision yourself you know being there crackling of the fire uh you know probably nice and cool in the morning and uh and and just the cool look of that you know wild rag and
1: Cool shaped hat. And, yeah, I mean, and that's all. That's that's Cody Ebel. who's a awesome like ranch bronc rider. I mean, uh-huh. he's an awesome cowboy too. But um, and he, you know, he's one of those guys you'll never see him from the road. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not he's out there. I mean, he's riding fence every day. He's he's doing his thing. He's packing salt. He's, I mean, he's a cowboy's cowboy that right there in Wyoming. And and yeah. uh, that's why I use those guys. I mean, a great great imagery in my humble opinion, should create emotion. Right. Like you shouldn't have to, you should be able to look at something and it, 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 it you know, give you 8,000 things that are coming up in your head without right. having to say a word. So, right. um, and I mean, I think from a branding perspective with that imagery, I mean, you know, people don't want to be treated as commodities. They, 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 and they don't want to see their lives as ordinary either. Right. So I think right. for, from a consumer standpoint and looking at something like that that's got you know gravitas to it for whatever reason of the independence, the freedom, you know all those things that a cowboy conjures up. I mean because you can look at something with with a western perspective or a cowboy perspective and if it's really got that gravitas that I'm talking about like right. it, it it conjures up all those things in your head within a millisecond. Yeah. Like it just screams it to you.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um there's you know, I think that consumers they want to connect with a larger story, and I think that those you know that great imagery can help. You know, and it's not just my imagery. It's, there's so many great photographers out there, but great imagery can really help. You know, anchor that consumer to a brand. I mean, yeah. that's how you know that from a marketing perspective. You know that. I mean, yeah. in NRS or anywhere else, like that's yeah. that's that's what your that's what your branding's built on. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah it's like the other the ones that you did i th- i guess for that same uh you know uh campaign that you did the the black and whites the ones where the real close ups those just kind of make me think mm-hmm. of uh you know the movie john wayne the cowboys it just makes me think of yeah them you know guys i, I don't know they're just they're just great the great pictures like you say each picture just gives you a different uh different feeling and a different sense of what it you know brings up in your mind and i'm sure it's different for everybody
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, it's one of those things like for me, I mean, I think it was Walter Brueggemann that said that, that, you know, cowboys conjure up these feelings of wild, dangerous, unfettered and free. And that, you know, I I try to encapsulate that into the, you know, I shoot more than just Western stuff. Like a lot of people say, Oh, well, you only shoot this. Well, but, but from that perspective, I mean, I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, here again, this is subjective, but sometimes, you know, one who hasn't lived a life cannot necessarily tell the tale, but because I've cowboyed and rodeoed and done some of these things down the line, I mean, I feel like I have a better breadth of like being able to find the right people, the right cast, the right places, that kind of thing. And then shoot it with that authenticity that I was talking about in right. the beginning, you know, right. that's, you, you gotta have that otherwise. Cause I mean, you can look, I'm sure when you look at an ad or, somebody else looks at an ad that's a horse person or, you know, they, they look at it and they're like, well, you don't hold your reins like that. Or right, you don't right. do that. You know? And you pick out all the little things that you're like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Like I want people to look at the imagery and be like, it's spot on. Well then, and, and it has to be. And that's what I'm talking about. That's why I hire the guys that I hire because they're, they're authentic. They're cowboys. Right. So, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Very yeah. cool. Very cool. I and mean, I mean, there's, uh we we could we could actually do two uh two shows we could have done uh there's there's so much more I'd like like to talk to you about and we may just have to have you back on um we're kind of getting close to the end of our time now though but uh, uh same questions I always ask everybody Do you got a favorite brand of cowboy hat
1: um i'm a resist all guy I, I i you know once i got into it out here as far as for you know the black gold i think
2: yeah
1: <laughs> that's, yep. that's what i always wore um and then rocky mount john morris and john morris jr met, who used to make rocky mountain recurves in durango colorado they moved out here to montana and those were the first guys that i met actually when i moved to montana and they uh, they made my hat for my wedding and everything else and they're rocky mountain hat company um john senior since passed on but um john jr's there and he he makes a one heck of a hat so um but between those two that's what i that's what i prefer so
0: very cool how about boots special brand of boots or like
1: oasis i like rios or mercedes and then um lately i've been wearing that i bought a pair i found a pair of twisted x that i bought years ago like i think in their second year out (laughs) remember i bought them from trevor brazil's mom i think she used to work Right. we twisted it. We got them at NFR, uh-huh. and uh, I've I've been wearing those lately because they just they kind of got a stove top type top, top uh-huh. on them, like stove yep. pipe type, and then uh, they're just square toe rough out. And I I think they're some they some of the more comfortable boots I've worn too. So
0: very cool. How about favorite cowboy yeah. movie?
1: Hmm, that's a hard one. Um, there's so many. One that's kind of obscure that I like, uh, is high, low country.
0: Oh, I love that. You ever seen that one? Yeah, absolutely.
1: You can't find it. You can't hardly find it anywhere, but I I like high, low country a lot. And then, uh, I like that Cole Hauser's in that one too. He's a a fun guy. So he's, (laughs) he's in that one. And when he was younger and then, uh, like dancers of wolves, junior Bonner, you know, all the, yeah. all All the old school looking ones. But I mean, yeah, that kind of
0: stuff. So. Very cool. Well, Chris, hey man, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on, and and so now I'm gonna I'm gonna be googling around, young and restless, passion, everything else. You, you must <laughs> don't, have an you must have
1: fun of me. Is that, I didn't choose. <laughs> I didn't choose the stuff I had to wear. So. Uh, I'm
0: I'm not gonna make funny at all. Believe me, I, I think it's super cool. Um, but I, I am gonna be looking for that uh, that eight by ten glossy autograph to. Uh, no. I'll,
1: I'll i'll have ross in one that'll be worth more than one. <laughs> well i I gotta i gotta but, find
0: some of them versace suits too because i think those would be great to see <laughs> you you don't have you don't have those on your social media anywhere
1: huh no uh no no I, you won't hardly find pictures of me on social media anymore I, I i like to focus on the brands i'm working with and stuff like that and it's that's about me more about them so it's it's always better that way so very cool. Well, hey,
0: Chris, yeah. hey, man, thanks again. I, I really appreciate it. And let's uh, uh, look forward to seeing more of your work that you put out. And then uh, hopefully one of these days, i uh, get to meet you in person.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, we get down there quite a bit to Arizona. So I'll, I'll definitely make a trip in there to see you. And then um, I sure appreciate your time. And thanks for having me on. It was, it was great talking to you. And if uh, there's ever anything else I can do for you, just let me know. Or if you get up Montana way, make sure to look me up. and we'll, you, you know, always got a place to stay.
0: You bet. All right, Chris. I
1: appreciate it, huh? Okay. Thanks, sir. Bye.
0: Appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy rodeo and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes, Apple podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review and give us a five spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com. Where are you
3: cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock And ice down a cooler I drive that old back road Till it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same the minute we ride in To the rope and bend Well, I know Play your speed But I give her hell He I never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Get back in the saddle and philosophize. most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the rope and pin. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. Yeah, we're always broke. Just ask Clint, what do you pay to rope? He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends